Anyway, Kevin, the guy's profile's name on field is Beerfeet19. Well, Beer the other, the first eighteen were uh, they were taken. Were taken. They, he's okay, the nineteenth cool. beer feet. He yeah. is a thirty-eight-year-old straight man. Okay, single if you can believe it. I can't. His his profile can't. picture was um, are his feet dipped in beer? I have no, to no. It's it's two bare feet cuddling a long route peanut butter porter. <laughs> okay. He's got okay. he got some Budweiser in those tozy wozies. No, but yeah, no, but it's no because because suds are beyond beer feet nineteen. He has to have like the A hard fine imported beer. Fl- yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to have the like the exotically flavored. He needs a peanut butter. He needs a like. Fruit Loop IPA. Yeah, of course. He needs like a fucking peaches and cream sour. It's only the high end stuff is there for Beer Feet 19. Now, his profile reads Follow me on my adventures with feet and beer. Okay. okay. Message well, okay. me here or Feet Churd Presentation 19. Yes. On mm. feetfinder.com. <laughs> feetfinder.com, okay. What is that website for? No, feet <laughs> what do you use it for? No, Feet Finder. Now, is, is Feet Finder the wiki feet dating site? Feet, now, doesn't he know? Doesn't he know? You just gotta, you just gotta look down. No. You don't have to so, go to the internet. You don't gotta, All you kids you, on you your phones, your, your feet. feet you just feet look Finder down. is, and I quote. The easiest way for verified foot fetish users to buy feet pics and sell feet pictures and videos in a safe and secure environment. So it is only fans. It's only feet. It's only, only feet. feet. It's, it's only, only feet. <laughs> you can't get anything else. What if you're like you're trying to break into the boobs market on OnlyFeet mm-hmm. and you're like it's you're just not getting you're nothing. <laughs> you're right, not right. So you know, and you're there. like and you're like like pulling your hair out like these are boobs. Why isn't anyone <laughs> there? I'm, I'm tired feet. of seeing all this pussy on OnlyFans. Where oh is God. the feet? Where's the feet? Where's What's the it? feet? Where? <laughs> and they've got the old lady from the Wendy. Where's the feet? Where's, Where's the, the feet? The feet? Where's Where the, is feet? the feet? Other uh, so, dating sites only show you boobs and butts. So, so <laughs> these categories include high heels, soles, socks, lotion, dirty feet, male for the gays, Good. Um, and women who want male feet. Yeah, that's and, a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and honestly, this might like there's tattoo and there's dancer and. Ooh. Dancer is honestly the one giving me pause. Dancer, those are going to be some heinous feet. Like those are. You're not. Those are some. Those are some well worn and crippled tozy woes. Those, like, those, those, those pigs have been to market and they come back with shell shock. I don't, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've checked out the pigs in blankets of like a <laughs> veteran ballerina, but like. Those fuckers are no, char grill. Like they're it's, <laughs> it's legalized foot, bound, foot binding. Like that's what it is. Yes, yes. So like if if you're going on Feet Finder for the 
for, for the, the ladies who can know how to go on ballerinas. Like, I'm kind of concerned for these people. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about you. Yeah, I think... Because I know there's, you know, there's always degrees when you're pursuing, like, an avenue of sexuality, right? Yeah. Is there's yeah. Or in anything in this life. You know, you start yeah. out with the very basic stuff, and gradually and gradually you need the harder stuff. Eventually, yeah. No one immediately jumps into, like, the, the an ice cream cake. They start with, like, an ice cream sandwich, work their way up to ice cream right. cones, sundaes. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. Exactly. It's like, oh, the first movie you watch is not... A, a Buñuel film, right? It thought you're always starting out with, no, you know, no, 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 uh, uh, Pixar's and shit, yeah. and but eventually, like the Pixar's don't hit the way they used to. No, no, and no, I no, guess no. I had never considered the grim reality where like good normal feet just don't do it for you anymore, I, and hey, you gotta get them nasty feet. Hey, Kevin, so rich of you to assume that contemporary teens are hunting for Unshin Andalou and, like, like, like 60s new wave surrealist shit. You get, you build up to. Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Louis Buñuel is what I was saying. It's like, you you, you don't, yeah, I did, I did, my ma and pa weren't putting on the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. Exterminating angels. Yeah, exactly. You don't start there, but eventually you're like, damn, I need, like, I, 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 I'm sick of <laughs> normal ass feet movies. I need the fucked up veteran ballerina feet. I need yeah. to look at Barishnikov's fucking feet and I need it now. <laughs> veteran ballerina feet. Yeah. I need some feet that have been on point and they have been wrecked by the experience. I need some feet that look like fucking Lil Smokies. Yucky. (laughs) I need need feet that have looked like they've been in a pencil sharpener. (laughs) That have just been honed to a fine cone point. (laughs) I want to stress to the audience... This is not me kink shaming. I uh, let your freak flag fly. Do I am whatever, whatever. But I, what I'm saying, Justin, the only brave soldier, brave what enough I, to kink shame. What I am saying is, there was a time in my life where I'd try to watch every movie that was nominated for Best Picture, and in the for two in 2009. I watched 127 Hours, a movie where a man cuts his arm off with, like, a dull, like, pocket knife, Mm -hmm. and I was fine. I got 20 minutes into Black Swan, and I had, like, I almost, I was dry heaving. (laughs) I just, foot damage is something that, like, really, like, bothers me as a human being, and uh, so it's just a... Right now, you're getting Mm -hmm. some, uh, uh, instead of getting chocolate in my peanut butter, you're getting... (laughs) Like trash juice in my peanut butter. You're getting gasoline <laughs> in my coffee. That's that's the only pick me up. Again, like I started with regular coffee and it doesn't do it for me anymore. No, no, I need no, no, some no. I need some diesel in those grounds. Yeah. <laughs> I've had coffee flavored coffee and it's no need, longer enough. I need unleaded coffee. <laughs> I need ten percent ethanol coffee. Yucky, and that is me kink shaming. That is me. I, 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 I get me. what you mean, um, Vern, because like, I don't know what it, it. I think feet, they're they're incredibly sensitive parts of the body, but they exist in the background. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're applying pressure to your feet all day, but if you stub your toe, Ugh. you're 
You're done. Have, You're done for an hour. We have um, to stop talking about this. I will puke. <laughs> this is how sensitive my little tummy is to this. That's, That's fair. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm ceasing here. However, you can, like, your fingers are more sensitive, but if you, like, smash your thumb, it hurts, but you get over it. Yeah. But no. I've, like, had to walk on, like, stubbed toes before, and I felt like I was coming home from the Somme. Like, <laughs> I, I just, like, I, like, I felt the need to pen a letter to my sweetheart because I fear I might not make it home for Christmas. Yeah, I busted my foot last summer. I'm fairly certain it was when I was, like, moving the couch that I bought into this apartment, mm. uh, helping out the, the tiny, tiny man the department store sent over to do the job. And I'm like... <laughs> My man's not. My king's not getting this done on his own. He Did he's they the size the of a elf couch on a cushion. shelf. Yeah, basically, basically they sent, <laughs> they elf sent on the, the elf on the shelf. They sent the damn. They sent the damn great gazoo, but they only. <laughs> but he's got a weight belt on. You know, he's not. He's not using his little magics. <laughs> oh, wh- what's he lifting? Grains of rice. They sent damn ass Dobby the house elf to move my couch in with his little fucking spindly ass arms. You, you, he came in, and you're like, oh, I love Keebler cookies. And they're like, no, I'm here with your couch. No, and I'm you your said, mover. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, buddy, there is one picture in my mind for what I hope a mover looks like when they show up to my house, and you ain't it. But it's, I busted my it's foot. The, kind, the only good kind of mover is a guy who looks like he has burgers for breakfast. Yeah. Yes. I want, this is, it's the difference between show muscles and strength. Yes, contractor strength. I, if, if I, someone who's going to lift anything, who's going to work any kind of construction, I want big. I want a guy whose first name is big, like we were talking about earlier. I want, I I don't want. Big Tony, Big Michael. I don't want. Wardlow or Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> to E-miss. help me move my couch. I want the thickest motherfucker that you've got. Because I know that size equals strength proportionally. You need you need guys with core strength like they like it's a tombstone strapped to their body. Uh, I need is... a guy that orders more than one chili dog at a time. This is a <laughs> this is a phrase that Kevin himself introduced to me. But you want someone who is built like a brick shit house. Yes, shit house. Yes, built like a guy um, who shit bricks. Yes, I like built. The shit house with all the bricks that they were shitting out. <laughs> I want, I want just like a thick motherfucker. Because if you watch like strongest man in the world competitions, they don't look like bodybuilders. No, they look like bears. <laughs> they they bears. look, they look like you shaved a bear. They yeah. they look like homer simpson you know like that's who that's who is at the strongest man in the world competition they look like like at what like i remember reading about this um what was this like there was at one point a like the greatest wrestler in the world he was like in the 1930s and he was this like indian man um who like literally like went who like toured europe to find wrestlers to like beat him and he couldn't do it for like a decade so he like moved back to India just to like live there and his daily diet like the things he ate every day 
was six whole roast chickens, like 20 bowls of rice, and like a gallon of yogurt every day. (laughs) A gallon of yogurt. And you think about that, and you're like, that's a lot of yogurt. Well, I want... I want, if someone's going to show up to help me move my couch, someone's going to show up, you know, when I hire a piece of cake moving, I want them to look like, you know, the legendary stories you get told as a child where, like, someone drinks a lake, you know? Right. Like, I want... Paul Bunyan physiology. <laughs> what is that, uh, what's that Italian movie? Cabirna? Cab- Cabrini? Cabiria? What is Cabiria? Like, uh, yeah, Kabiria, where there was like, uh, that guy. What is that guy's name? You know, the guy. The Kabiria guy. The Kabiria guy. It has all Carbonari? the. All the, sol- all the soldiers, and they're using their shields to make platforms, and he keeps climbing up higher and higher, and he jumps over the wall, and it's really cool. Remember? 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 This 1914 Italian film? You don't? I, you don't remember? Oh! Well, I guess oh, I can go ahead and... that the movie where there's, like, Moloch? There's, like, the big monster engine, like, underground or something? Or am I thinking of a different Italian? Uh, the movie? only one, the only part I can remember is all the soldiers, they have these big, like, full-body shields. And these mm. soldiers, they run up to this big, tall wall. And they, they all, like, pick a shield and they hold it up above their heads. And a bunch of soldiers get on that and they hold their shield up like that. And oh, this yeah. keeps happening like a big ladder, and this big muscle man gets up there. Um, the good news is uh, uh, it's my turn to pick. And my next movie is going to yes. be Giovanni Pastroni. <laughs> night- no, that's not true. Uh, no, but, that'd be uh, a sick poll. Because am- as, as we've described before, we hate having listeners. Uh-huh. And I think that would be the last straw for a lot of people. I did. I did just text you guys the na- like the picture of that wrestler. His name was the Great Gama. Oh, I love this guy. I want to draw the Great Dama. Anyway, I can't think of this guy's name. I can't remember the name of this guy. And people loved him, and he was a big star of Italian movies just because people were out. Because, you know, who doesn't love a big hunk, you know? Come on, that's one of the best type of guys to be or to a meet or hunk. to see. Who doesn't love a big hunk? Not me. You, 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 I love a big hunk. I love a big hunk. You keep talking to me like I don't, and I do. Oh, there's Bird, uh, the movie you're thinking of is Kabiria. Kabiria, yeah. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. But I can't remember the name of the guy in it. Oh, the guy oh, in it? I don't know. The cast and crew. Yeah, let me check the... And I was... Well, my dumbass was hoping that, like, I would go on Wikipedia, and they'd be like... As that big strong guy you're thinking of. <laughs> was, <laughs> it, was it Bartolomeo Pagano? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, buddy. I don't know. Like, I, I'm. The Letterboxd doesn't the, even have pictures of these actors. I don't know. I don't know how to help. Did you, you guys know that Kabiria was the first movie shown at the White House? Wow. To like Calvin Coolidge, like freak out seeing like (laughs) people seeing um Hannibal crossing the Alps. Oh, this sick! This poster is sick. Uh, the human. All this uh, on Wikipedia. This there's a poster for Kabiria. Oh, it's so rad, and it's it's the scene I'm talking about. 
you guys, don't you love an audio medium where you can see me reacting to this piece of uh, work where in real time? It's just us passing pictures to each other. The poster is sick. The poster is sick. The poster is sick. It's a good picture. It's a really good poster. Did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah, I'm looking uh, at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah, flames yeah, yeah. One, holding up a lady like they have the, hands. What, the, what were they doing? What they're doing? The the pyramid poster, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening at home, if you want to follow along, wait. pull up the Wikipedia article for Kabirian. Oh, it's scroll, wait, why down, is scroll down to fifth episode atta- attached to this? Did he write this? Because Gabriella D'Annunzio was the guy who started the Futurists, who were part of founding the like Italian fascist movement. Fulvius. His name is Fulvius. Thank His you. name is Fulvius. The character's name is Fulvius. I'm so glad we could put this to bed. I'm so glad we oh. solved this mystery. And, of course, everyone knows that Fulvius was portrayed by... An Italian man. Skunko Palazzo. <laughs> Enrico Palazzo by Enrico. Do- Donna Palazzo. Uh, everyone knows. It was portrayed by Umberto Mazzato. Everyone knows oh, this. Umberto Mazzato. Oh, of course. What a, what a big... That's a fucking big guy. Uh, leave a comment, listeners at home. Tell me that if you saw that poster that I marked out to, tell me you wouldn't want to go see that movie immediately. Oh, they're going to stack all those guys? They're going to stack those guys? A big guy stack. It's a big guy stack. You don't see that in movies every day. You really don't. When was the last time you saw, went to a movie and saw, and and I'm not talking about the CG wall of zombies in World War Z starring Brad Pitt. No way, no way. More like World War Z, 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 because I fell asleep during that movie. <laughs> I'm talking about a real life stack of guys. A real life I, stack of and guys. not not cheerleaders at your local regional football game. No. I mean oh, fucking centurions real. with shields. And I'm not talking about a dang <laughs> barrel of monkeys. And you pull them out, you link them, and you drop no no no. A stack of guys. When was it? Come on. Come on. Come on. This is is the problem with contemporary masculinity is that no guys are stacking anymore. I've been saying this. I've been saying this. Boys. Boys aren't anymore going hop, 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 hop and forming big uh, (laughs) geometric shapes as acrobatic feats. There's no, they no longer refer to themselves as the, like the Botticelli brothers. You don't go to the gym anymore, and you just, you don't ever see a guy with this, like, two big rolling pins that he's just swinging in circles around his arms. They're called you Indian see clubs. They're called what? Indian clubs. They're called Indian clubs. Yeah, they were actually picked up anymore. by, like, they were, they were learned from the Sikhs of the mountains of India. Ah, uh, we're learning Okay, we're so safe. Much. We're safe, everyone. We're, we're learning, learning. We're learning what the I, big guys call. I wanted to go to the one <laughs> Indian club gym in St. Louis, and it closed due to quarantine. No, because not enough people were invested. Because the woke left is shut down. Left, and of course, 
Uh, of course, all the monkeys fans tune out, tune in to hear us talk about Fulvius and Kabiria. All monkeys fans are actually very invested in early silent Italian cinema. I remember whenever I was in history of film at Webster watching Kabiria and watching Fulvius do the human pyramid, and I was thinking, man, I wonder what Michael Nesmith is up to right now. <laughs> I remember this very vividly. Oh, I remember yeah. da- Davy Jones. They really had Kabiria on like the lookbook on the on the mood board when they were making <laughs> Bob Raffleson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson and Bob. Like, they all were sitting around that campfire, smoking weed, talking into a tape recorder about okay. what head would be. And you know, Fulvius got brought into the conversation. No, no Fulvius, because like Fulvius, you can't talk about movies. You can't plan. Yeah feature films without talking about Fulvius. At some point, he's going to come up. He's, he just comes up. He's one of the stock characters of cinema. Yeah, it's it, there There are several archetypes in the history of yeah. cinema. There, you have There's Fulvius. the white hat, there, there's the white yeah. hat, the black hat, and then there's Fulvius. There's Fulvius, <laughs> who, who is wearing a sort of grayscale hat. Yeah. Well, a gray centurion helmet. I like that Vern addressed the Monkeys fans as if there is a single Monkeys fan who's young enough to know how to listen to podcasts. Hi, Forrest. <laughs> as if there is anyone who is into the Monkeys who also, like, understands how to get podcasts on I, your phone. Kevin, Kevin, stop. Stop addressing my primary criticism of the movie we're talking about. <laughs> Justin was watching this, and he's like, no one who likes this knows what a podcast is. No one who likes this knows what a podcast is. No Davy Jones has never listened to a podcast <laughs> in his fucking life. Davy Jones is about Jones a podcast around long and wonders to... what record he needs to order. Fucking Mickey Dolenz, who lives to this day, has the never one. once listened to a podcast. He's the last one. As Scott Ackerman once famously said, these monkeys are dropping like flies. It's a real thing he that did man famous. Said. Hey, Mickey Dolenz, he's still out here making <laughs> shit. He did an R.E.M. covers album yeah, this, dude. last year. It was pretty fun. He did I saw Davey Jones. R.E.M. covers EP. I saw Davey yeah. Jones perform. I, saw I, I will Jones. say, I will say, to Mickey Dolenz's advantage, he does look the most simian of the four. Mm, yeah, the most monk. They, that's where they got the name. They looked yeah. at that guy and they're like, oh, <laughs> they, they, can't call they looked at these three normal guys, then Mickey Dolan's walks up, like, oh, well, we gotta call these guys the monkeys. This guy grins like a chimpanzee. What do you want to do for the for band practice today, Mickey? And he's like, ook, ook. <laughs> Tire swinging. Oh, shit. Well, yes. I, I want to break back. Kate from trees, arm over arm. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Movies for Babies, uh, where we <laughs> will be talking about uh, the 1968 Monkeys theatrical film Head. Directed by Bob Rafelson, co-written by Rafelson and Jack Nicholson. That one. And for any of our listeners, again, who are under the age of 75, the the monkeys were a, a 60s pop rock outfit that was so nakedly, commercially an attempt to cash in on Beatlemania, like a a, rec- yeah. a an executive of American television, like saw a hard day's night and said, "Get me one of those. Get, yeah. get me whatever this is." 
What if an industry plant came with its own TV show? Exactly. It's a whole band, and they have a funny, uh, cute little sitcom that's, like, fine for kids, but adults don't mind it, and they write. It, to, to the credit of the monkeys, they were good musicians. They wrote, like, yes. good, interesting songs in the very narrow purview of, like, we are supposed to be early Beatles at all times. Like, we, we yeah. are the early Beatles if they never stop being the early Beatles. I'm not a... I don't know a whole lot about the monkeys beyond just, like, surface-level stuff. I've seen episodes of the show. I've heard the music. Uh, from from watching this movie and doing the, the... making the rounds on Wikipedia and all that sort of good stuff, I've learned more uh, about the guys. Uh, apparently... Uh, someone saw someone saw a hard day's night and they said yes that print money please uh, apparently they originally approached the loving spoonful about <laughs> um, being uh, being the band that become became the monkeys and loving wow. spoon, the loving spoonful was not interested Man, um, we gotta sing a song about a hot town somewhere uh, in the city we can't, we can't do that due to some contract for some sort of thing that did not end up panning out. They had a contract where they, like, they had Davy Jones. They had Davy Jones for something. He was uh, on contract for some for something, uh, and they decided to pull a Spice Girls and put out an audition. Anyone who wants to be in a band for a TV show, uh, uh, come on down. Uh, and uh, uh, that's how they got uh, Michael Nesmith. That's how they got Peter Tork, and that's how they got Mickey Dolenz, uh, former Mickey child have, like, star. Broadway experience. Uh, uh, they the contract thing that they somehow already had Davy Jones for it was Broadway experience. They saw him in Oliver, apparently. That's it. But uh, but Mickey Dolenz had uh, previously been a child star. He had been uh, uh, on uh, on some shows on TV and some uh, old older like you know short films. Well, or well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, like bedtime for Bonzo. Yes, Davy Jones. Uh, all the monkeys were musicians, but none of the monkeys were uh, musicians for like whatever they played in the band. Davy Jones was a drummer. Uh, but the producers were like, he's too short. No one will see him behind the drum set. He's the lead singer. <laughs> he like, can't literally. See over those I, God forbid they put a phone book under his butt. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> they Peter just Tork, hike up the chair. Uh, David Peter Jones Tork, lives in a uh, house that's been scaled down and he, we have to, like, bend over. I, sorry, sorry. Davy Jones had to ride a ladybug to get here. <laughs> he, it's it's very <laughs> early. Jones uses a Kleenex as a bed sheet. He can't, he can't drum. <laughs> It's very early. It's an early form of Spider-Man emails guy brain of just like, (laughs) we can't have Davy Jones as the drummer, a thing he's uh, he's good at playing because no one can see him. We can't have Peter Tork play guitar because even though Peter Tork can't play guitar, we have to have him as the bassist for whatever reason. He's too tall. Just like too tall to play guitar. To play guitar. Stupid things like that. I uh, and and it was it's. The monkeys were, and they address this in the film, um, uh, either, I I think, kind of, like, overtly and, like, make it obvious, but uh, apparently this was way over some critics' heads. But, like, they discuss, like, in the movie, 
the um the quote unquote like fakeness of the band the, the 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 band being a product that was assembled despite being like something that came together naturally uh but the 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 problem i guess uh the problem was all the monkeys did play music and yeah. enjoyed being artists and enjoyed being in a band but like they were constantly being like forced into doing things they did not want to do forced into like doing things to fit the product. And I right. heard this story whenever I was reading about this, about like the monkeys playing a show and fans coming up to them, uh, with copies of the new monkeys record for their autographs and the monkeys finding out for the first time that this record had been released. They didn't know this record was coming out. Mm -hmm. The photo on the album cover was taken from a, a JC Penny photo shoot they had done to model clothes for JC Penny. There's a lot of, and I, and it's, it's a, a, a thing where there was four talented artists. I think Michael Nesmith, and I'll talk more about this later. I think Michael Nesmith is uh, maybe a genius. I think he's a very intelligent, uh, thoughtful, like talented artist. Uh, but because they were, because of Spider-Man emails guy, they were forced to like fit into a machine right. differently than they would fit naturally. Yeah. Uh, and as a result of trying to... Uh, to get their voices heard and break out of that machine, mm -hmm. they made a little movie called Head. A Tonight movie on the Doughboys. Begs to ask, <laughs> what happens Head. if four guys hated their job? Yes. <laughs> right. It's it's four undeniably very talented artists who are very good at what they do, who are trying to muddle through some version of their own artistic vision in one of the most corporate music outfits that has ever been created. And that is saying something that is, that is a, that's, you know, they're essentially like, this is the way they build like K-pop groups. You know, it's like, we're going to bring in random people and we're going to tell them what to do, whether or not it's what they're naturally good at or I not. I mean, in all fairness, the K-pop industry is way more dehumanizing now than it, than like American pop groups used to be. And that's and that's fair enough. But this this movie is very much. It feels. I know neither none of them wrote it or directed it or anything like that. But this feels like for artists who are just trying to make any sense out of being a squeaky clean corporate pop rock outfit, like in the middle of the Vietnam War, and mm -hmm. the movie is co-written and directed by Bob Rafelson, who, co who worked to co-create the Monkees as that's, an outfit, as, a, as what, a union. I, that's what I think is the most fascinating part of this movie, is, like, imagine, like, because it's, it's the four leads of a very popular sitcom going to the showrunner and producer saying, hey, we hate this. Will and you make a going, movie about how much too. we hate doing this? Yes, and like Bob Rafels, if you if if our listeners have ever seen any other Bob Rafelson films, they are bizarre and they are dark and they are nasty. Like Five Easy Pieces is not, in my opinion, a very easy watch. Mm -hmm. um, King of Marvin Gardens, etc. Postman and rings twice. Oh boy, yeah. Let me tell you, I don't ring once if you're looking for a happy time at the movies. <laughs> um, and it's it's 
because I don't know, I'm sure listeners of this show, fans of the three of us, like, are probably at least passingly familiar with, you know, the Beatles have maybe seen A Hard Day's Night, and, you know, A Hard Day's Night, a, a, a wonderful film in its own right, but is very, If you like, know and like about the Beatles. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's the four lovable lads from Liverpool. They're very handsome. They're hanging out. They're hitting they're on ladies. Cheeky, they're making it? fun of old men. Yeah, they're they're being cheeky. They're running away from girls like Austin Powers, which is where Austin Powers got the idea. You know, like this is all this all makes sense. This is this is a pitch that we understand. And so, like, okay, and when an even more squeaky clean corporate outfit than the Beatles, uh, a, 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 a a a a band whose job was to be even squeakier clean than the Beatles makes a movie and they make a bizarre <laughs> avant-garde nonsense movie that like directly conflates their screaming fans with the bombing of Cambodia and like features you know when when I'm a monkeys fan in 1968 and I go to go to see my favorite band's new movie I'm I know sitting down that like I'm going to see Peter Tork agonize over slapping a woman yeah. in the face like, <laughs> I, I know for sure that's what i'm getting i, uh, I, I without a shadow of a doubt this According is like to... if the cast of spongebob requests they do the squidward kills himself episode for real <laughs> uh well uh do 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 movie trivia movie trivia uh apparently the, according to uh, Wikipedia and according to I am DB, uh, according to I those, am DB. Uh, according to those things, uh, <laughs> Bob is it Bob Rafelson or Bob Raffleson? I believe uh, it's Raffleson. Bob Raffleson, uh, Jack Nicholson, and all four monkeys uh, went uh, w- went on a trip together and smoked a whole lot of grass. And uh, had a big conversation about what the movie was going to be into a tape recorder. Uh, and then uh, Rafelson and Nicholson took that recording and uh, put together a script based on it. Um, okay. Uh, uh, further, uh, further movie trivia uh, alleges that um, uh, this might have been... Uh, uh, whenever it, it, whenever they took that tape recording and put it into a, like a script form, uh, Nicholson was on acid, which you know I wouldn't doubt. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently, uh, the the monkeys learned very or right before production was going to start that uh, they were not going to be credited as screenwriters or like director or anything like that. <laughs> they learned they were only going to be credited as just like. Starring, yeah, uh, starring talent. the monkeys, um, as talent, and uh, three out of four monkeys did not show up on set that first day, uh, and uh, who was the Ringo? Mm-hmm. Who was uh, the Ringo? The one guy. Well, Ringo was one little who, monkey was jumping on the bed, and then one he little fell monkey off was jumping on the set. Head. Uh, oh, no. The the Ringo was Peter Tork. Ah, of and, course it was. My and apparently. Monkey. Peter Tork. Okay, uh, that's uh, good to know. Um, but uh, apparently, that made production on Head just like very difficult because uh, Rafelson and Nicholson were just like very mad at the monkeys about this. Uh, according to what I was reading, like <laughs> Rafelson and Nicholson would play like 
music by other bands on set between takes and say the monkeys like this is real rock and roll music oh, <laughs> just oh, like they were playing they were playing wrestler cheap heat to oh, yeah i don't know what a harmonious working environment what a great i don't understand <laughs> um, I, I feel bad for peter tork just sitting there and like just sitting there and like next yeah, to i'm assuming the, the other three empty seats um, I, One, I did talk with, uh, I reached out to, um, uh, there's a, there's a person on Instagram who I'm a big fan of, uh, a tremendous monkeys fan, uh, named, uh, at Auntie Griselda and, Amazing. uh, named after a, a, a monkey song. And Peter Torque apparently thought that like head was Ray Folston's way of just like dissolving the monkeys and like ruining their just like ruining them um and he was because he was tired of working with the monkeys and wanted to move on and do other things and apparently like he took his money from from this to finance easy rider um and so that's where i'm getting a lot of this is from at auntie griselda so if you like the monkeys and you're on instagram you should follow auntie griselda but i all this to say like I'm not a person who normally agrees with this kind of sentiment. Bruce Campbell once said, uh, hard to make, easy to watch when it comes to movies. And I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. Uh, but I will say, uh, this movie rules. This is a very good movie. So good. This is uh, the perfect party movie in that you can put it on and you can have whole conversations while kind of paying attention, <laughs> and you don't actually lose anything. Yeah, you're not missing anything. You'd be like, why did Peter Tork slap that waitress? And you'd be like, There's, your guess is as good this, as mine. This, I this, <laughs> this movie has themes. It has sure no story. Like, there's no, 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 no narrative. No, no, no. There's no characters. There's, like, a concept that it runs into the ground and well below its earth earth's crust to the point that the point is well and truly fossilized by the end of the movie yeah there's no there's no laundry line that we're hanging bits on you know in this yeah. movie there's no through line taking us taking us through the adventure here mm-hmm. it is nonsense that will change at the drop of a hat you are never sure what is a, a hallucination or a uh a bizarre piece of reality like it's it's completely unconcerned mm-hmm. with those kinds of elements which again is like probably not what most people in 1968 expect when they sit down and they see the funny guys from tv on in, in a movie <laughs> yeah. together where like the first thing that happens in this movie is Mickey Dolenz throws himself off a bridge yeah. to, to his death. And then, like, a psychedelic, like, color feast plays while they play Porpoise Song, which is, you know, sort of the, the theme of the movie if the movie has a... Uh, has and then a mermaid theme. shows up. That, of course. Uh, why wouldn't they? That stuff <laughs> with Kevin, the... Uh... Why wouldn't Why not? <laughs> That stuff with the uh, the psychedelic effects during the uh, the porpoise song uh, segment, uh, apparently, you know, now in Adobe Premiere, that's you click Solarize and that's it. But you know, uh, on film, that's a way more difficult thing to do, and apparently, that caused the movie to to the release of the movie to to be delayed. Jesus. And apparently, and I've not seen it, but apparently, there's like some sort of like 
trailer, some sort of TV advertisement, something for the monkeys movie head that does not feature the monkeys at all. And apparently it was very off putting. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently like it's the thing that people say, like, like killed the movie that and the, and the weird solarization, uh, of, uh, Peter, uh, of, uh, Mickey, uh, swimming underwater set to porpoise song. But, what a what a way to open the movie and what a way to like immediately get an audience's attention mm. <laughs> like, to works. announce yourself to announce yeah. your intentions like yeah. hey audience here's what you're i i and then they so make admire. the point then they make the point of the movie immediately after they give the entire thesis of the movie of like we're the monkeys we think we're pandering to you we don't we think we are commodified when we don't like it and then the rest of the movie happens. <laughs> yes, we, we think we're commodified and uh, we're going to intercut footage of our screaming fans with, with, with horrible footage of the Vietnam we are, War. We are, we are compared to Dandruff, a, a compl- like literally discarded skin that is nothing more than a mild nuisance. Yes, it, this is people like struggling with like i am bland corporate upbeat art in the middle of like a world a society a change in history that i simply cannot hope to comprehend Mm -hmm. the the grief of which is too much to bear Mm -hmm. so we're we're throwing it all away we're we're tossing it all in the trash. It feels it very different movie, but it does feel like Southland Tales, which I just watched recently. Kevin. It's just a very similar like your mind has been melted by the state of the world, and the yeah. only thing that makes sense is like a nonsense Dadaist expression of yeah. your feelings. What if you asked the Mouseketeers to do like something about like school shootings? Like that's yeah, that's yes. the, like equivalent of like young artists who are very aware of how fucking crazy things are right now and feel unable to say anything about it yes and i don't i how i guess like studio executives you know this was new hollywood it was 1968 right and like so the old ways were dead, you know, Dr. Doolittle, Hello, Dolly, these movies are falling apart, these movies are flopping, and, like, Bonnie and Clyde and The Graduate are, like, box office sensations literally one year prior to this, so, like, I think a studio executive is just like, fuck it, I don't know what works anymore, I don't fuck it, I don't know, maybe everyone (laughs) wants head, and so they just let head happen, they just let head out into the world. (laughs) Movie where Mickey Dolenz blows up a coca-cola machine with an italian t- military tank why does he do it i can't fucking tell you a i have movie no idea where a cow turns to the camera and says monkeys are the craziest people <laughs> uh, a cow with the animated mouth uh a, a cow owned by frank zappa frank zappa's uh, in, in this fucking movie frank, frank zappa's in this that, fucking that's a movie. red flag in and of itself <laughs> you gotta get him out of there Get, gotta get Frank out of the movie. So there were there were two things I was thinking about a whole lot during this movie, uh, and uh, uh, I'll get to the second thing uh, at some point. Uh, but the first thing I was thinking about is uh, my friends the melons. 
Uh, my friends, the Melons, who uh, who when you see them live, uh, do a whip ass cover of uh, "I'm Not Your Stepping Stone" originally by the Monkees. Um, but I was thinking about um, I my friends, the Melons, like I they, they they frequently will ask me to take pictures of them, and I'm I'm usually happy to do that. Uh, and I won't say any names, but three melons are super in to photo shoots and music videos and things of that nature. And one melon is totally not into that. Uh, I have one, a guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, one melon uh, equates the experience to uh, going to the airport, like spending <laughs> all day at the airport. Uh, and so whenever I'm working with my friends, the melons, I always try to be like extra nice and extra kind to the melon who, uh, who refers to this experience, uh, as, uh, going to the airport because like if I'm taking photos of them, I'm kind of like the travel planner. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're TSA. I'm TSA. And, and, Uh, and. Who but, doesn't love a nice TSA agent? The one you've ever met. <laughs> yeah. The melon that doesn't like photos and th- or doesn't like doing photo shoots, it, I think it really just comes from this, like, <sighs> I'm in a band. Why aren't we playing music right now? Yep. Totally. totally. Uh, and I think that this movie, like, is really strongly coming from uh, because like all four of these monkeys are talented musicians, I think this movie is really com- coming from a place of just like, <laughs> uh, why ga- why can't we walk hard like we used to? Why can't we go into the studio and just lay down some tracks the way we want to? And you know, there's a the end. The spoiler alert for the movie head. Like the end of this movie is. This happens at the end of the movie, but it happens several times in the movie where, like, the monkeys are trapped in a big box. Yeah. <laughs> they're yes. trapped in, and Whether it's, it's a vacuum cleaner or... <laughs> or, or, like, a big aquarium. fish tank or an aquarium. Yeah. They and, literally go to a box factory. And they go to a box factory. Uh, they, sure they, uh, there's a, there are several times where they're literally a part of a machine. Um, but mm. I, hmm. I, I think... Is there any? Um, I, I, I really, and I, I think, I think it's this very interesting, like this movie is a, a, a exploration of just like how it feels to be boxed in, uh, artistically. They're literally um, in a boxing match. There's literally in a boxing match. Uh, uh, and we're like, uh, where Davy Jones is losing. There's a thing where like, worse, he has to, uh, he has to take a fall. He has to He's take not a even fall. Allowed yes. to lose or fight on his own terms. Exactly, uh, and because there's because there's money on the line. Yes, you know ah, what I mean. Very um, interesting. Oh, and makes, I, I just makes you think. And there's uh, you. You mentioned Davy Jones in the boxing match, and there's like uh, one part where like Michael Nesmith is in a haunted house. Uh, there's <laughs> <That's right. laughs> there's they what do a picture. What a they film. do an interesting <laughs> thing where like. Uh, during during the movie where like each monkey is in the spotlight and it's highlighting like 
how they are dealing with being boxed in artistically and mm-hmm. how that feels to them. Um, mm-hmm. And like <laughs> Davy Jones gets into dance instead of music. Uh, Peter ex- yeah, gets and, into like mysticism. Uh, yeah, and uh, that like is th- like. Oh, what's his name? Michael Nesmith? Is he getting into, like, Nesmith. drugs or something? Where he has, like, the happy birthday scene? He, yeah, he's, he's, he, uh, he goes through a haunted house that ends up being, like... A surprise an, party. An exhausting surprise party. Uh, and, ex- you know, it's just one of those, like, things that I think the monkeys, I'm sure, had to do a lot. Where they had to, like... It's kind of like their answer to that, um... That press scene in A Hard Day's Night where, like, the Beatles are trying to eat the food, but they keep getting cut off by reporters asking them questions. Yeah. Um, it just feels like another, like, exhausting thing that they the studio mandated. Um, and, like, Michael Nesmith snaps because, like, it's uh, alleged, allegedly his birthday party. And, it's, it, you know, it's just another, like, schmoozing thing, yeah. you know? It's another um, event. Another event, and I just think there's, yeah, I, I, I just think there's, uh, some, it, there's, it's, it's subtle, uh, or maybe not subtle. I, it's but not this, uh, subtle some, at all. <laughs> there's some interesting stuff about, like, artists in this movie, like, feeling boxed in, very aware of their reputation, very aware of how they come across to, um, fans of them, but also to, like, their musician peers and and it's uh an interesting uh commentary about that and it's also just interesting how they like it's all juxtaposed against uh the vietnam war the vietnam war has a very like heavy presence on this movie you see the same footage of someone being executed three times which i argue <laughs> maybe three times too many in an allegedly g-rated film in the, a uh, monkeys movie a in film a monkeys about movie. the monkeys but i also think that like something 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 the monkeys, something, something, something like the grief these four artists caught for being like a manufactured lie when like in real life, there's a actual manufactured lie happening. Yeah. That are like, that's like that's, ending lives. <laughs> it's like, that's I, 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 there's, there's a lot of just interesting, interesting stuff there. So that's kind of my primary criticism of this movie is that yeah this movie is incredibly surreal it has tons of great surrealist imagery in it just like there's so they're like for there's tons of great craft and stage work and like the monkeys are giving pretty fun performances but the entire movie hinges on you being concerned of the artistic integrity of the monkeys, which <laughs> I'm sorry, history has not been. I think, per personally, this as is someone, your pick. This is your pick, of course. This yes, this is my pick, and I will just be straight up with both of you and our wonderful listening audience. I actually like don't really care about the monkeys at all. As like <laughs> like as a, I, they've produced plenty of great songs. I have not. I've respect for them but like the monkeys are not in any way close to my heart i don't think i've ever seen a full episode of the show because we didn't have cable growing up you know I, like it's i didn't pick this because i love the monkeys i have 
respect and sympathy for four very talented people who feel like they're getting eaten up by the machine. Yes. And responding to that in the best way that they know how. And and by a similar token, you know, also Bob Rafelson doing that. Also Jack Nicholson doing that. Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. has a tiny blink and you'll miss it one shot cameo. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like... It's very funny, and he's wearing an incredible shirt oh, when, it, when it happens. Oh, Bob, absolute... Ray, Bob Rayfieldson's fit in this movie is incredible. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great fit. So, like, I actually, like, I'm not coming to this as, like, a monkeys fan. I'm coming to this as just, like, a fan of art. Yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. artists. And, and personal expression within the confines of, like, the corporate machinery that you need to engage with in order mm-hmm. to make art and i cannot help but respect like these six filmmakers just like taking all the money that was thrown to them and essentially like wiping their asses with it yeah. like just <laughs> absolutely it would have been so easy and way more profitable to do the monkeys movie that anybody would have expected yes. and they refused to do that from shot one yeah and i that is what i respect and love about this movie that is what has stuck with me and why i from like a year or two ago when i watched this movie for the first time and why i wanted to talk about it here um and i think it's kind of an interesting like follow-up to our spice world episode yes, from however long you. ago that was of like I like this kind of, uh, if, if we have our little mini series on, on this show and we have our video classics section where we talk about, you know, just like the videos that we watched as a kid and, and not most of them not being expressly good. I kind of like this musician, by this thing that doesn't really exist anymore of like mm-hmm. a popular musical act is going to make a fiction film where the musical act is playing themselves. Yeah. Um, and that essentially just got eaten up and turned into concert movies you know like that's mm-hmm. the, that's what we're, yeah. making. we're making the eras tour movie we're making beyonce renaissance and we're, all those yeah, things have Taylor artistic Swift merit cinemas. the exactly. eras the eras tour right and like those and those are all fine they have artistic merit unto themselves but this defunct idea that i love <laughs> that i would love to see returned of like the the layers of extraction of these autobiographical films that are not autobiographical in any way really you know just like i i find these as fascinating works that i think we need to find someone who's willing to do again i think we need to get fucking the melons to make head too oh god that's all i could hope for (laughs) kevin do not tempt me with a good time um (laughs) If they want to do it, like, tomorrow we can start. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> I'll quit my job. Like, we'll make head two with the melons, you know? Yes, please. I'll live, I'll live in your guest room for a little while, Vern. It'll be great. Okay, perfect. I I, I do I, – I, I'm right there with you with, like, Spice World being, like, a, a, a weird, like, sort of, like, a complimentary thing to Spice, Spice World being made several decades Spice after. Spice World at least see- – shows that the artists at least act like they have agency <laughs> like the, like the primary conflict of the of Spice World is that Spice Girls have girl power which the male dominated world does not understand or respect until they finally yeah, come both... to see the light in the end 
sort of. They are both movies uh, about uh, artists just trying to, like, get respect. Right. Uh, But uh, at least the Spice Girls have the self-assurance that they are in the right and they don't care that the rest of the world is kind of wrong. The monkeys are rattling the bars of their cage and screeching in frustration. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's no... There, what I respect about the movie is it doesn't really seem to offer any catharsis of freedom. No, because there isn't. There no, is, like the the freedom is throwing yourself off a bridge. Like, <laughs> that's the freedom. Like that's the, is yeah, is just self destruction. Is just yes. the only way out is through. Yeah, I, the fucking freedom of Southland Tales is blowing up the blimp. You know, like, I, I, like fuck. I think like. Pimps don't you're, commit suicide. You're 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 right, and like there's no like real solution. But I do think it the is the bad guy uh, wins. Big Victor bad, wins with big, the four of them in a box. Big Victor, who uh, allegedly is named after RCA Dash Victor Records, who owned the monkeys at that time, <laughs> uh, uh, who like keeps them in the box, and the box is always like a TV. Uh, that's cutting back and forth between footage of the monkeys and footage of Vietnam. And, uh, like, public and, domain, and, like... And, and public perception. Uncanny videos. Um, yes, in public perception. But I think there is, like... There's no solutions, but it is a nice, like... For lack of a better word, like, meditation on, like... Yeah. What happens... You know, how different ways... We deal with like being boxed in different ways. We, you know, uh, some, you know, uh, sometimes you lean into it. Sometimes you walk off through th- uh, in frustration. Sometimes you're just like tired by, you know, it, it's. Uh, I think it's, it's sometimes very you realize the boxing is just in your head. Sometimes the boxing is just in your head. Um, I think like uh, there's there's something something uh, about like. <laughs> the, the, um, Davy Jones sings that that Harry Nilsson song, that like very sad, depressing song, but does like a big like choreographed Broadway dance to oh, it. Oh, and with yeah. like, and, and it's beautifully shot, so that it is constantly alternating between him in a like black him shirt, a black like, like black jacket, white, white tie, um, yeah. white background, and black background. White jacket, black shirt, like constantly that, flickering back and forth. It's in, it's stuff beautiful. that when I was watching it, I was like, Kevin chose this. How did this footage not kill Kevin? Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, fair enough. Got me, got me dead to rights. In the, I, like, I, I, it's something where epileptic like, cells are seething. <laughs> it's something I, I, because I, I love the the editing in this movie and it's something that i think about whenever i'm editing something is i'm like ooh, would this kill kevin if i did this i don't want to do that i appreciate <laughs> that i'm glad I'm, I'm glad that's always just a little thought in your mind that's always i've never thought. peace and love my friend i've never seen you edit at anywhere near a pace that would have an effect okay. on my on my epilepsy okay. you're not uh, a, you're it, not a you're not a rapid cut johnny i do think about it uh but well, thank just you. so you know but i i think it's a an interesting just like meditation on that on just like how we deal with being boxed in. And I also think it's a nice meditation on the second thing I was thinking about a lot. Uh, for just a little bit of backstory, 
Uh, and this is a true story, and I can't believe it's a true story. I was uh, in the year 2000, 2023, I was doing, uh, I had a gig as a background costumer on some big religious thing. Uh, and I'm going around between takes and checking on people in their costumes and seeing how they're doing and how their costumes look. And um, one of the background talent on this thing I was working on was reading Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Yes. And I and I stopped dead in my tracks because I'm like, well, that's a fucking vibe. And for whatever reason, like I just kept as the year went on after that, I kept getting reminded of of Apocalypse Now. Uh, and so on 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 New Year's Day, I did a the same thing and watched Apocalypse Now. Um, uh, a horrible horrible nightmare. Um, but I was I was watching that. And I and I thought of something, and this is something I thought I would finally say, um, whenever we talked about uh, platoon at the end of uh, mm, yes, getting yes, stoned. Yes. But here we one. are. Here I am talking about it with the monkey's head. There are so many Vietnam War movies, and not saying there's, not saying by you know that there's that World War Two movies are non-existent. Not saying that like World War One movies are non-existent, but there's just several, several, several Vietnam War movies that are put together differently and done differently than uh, than your World War Two fare than your other things. Bit of a different and, lens on uh, Vietnam than there was on yeah, uh, yeah, kind of kind of different um, goals and a different reaction. Different goals, different different public perception. I think of uh, yes, those wars. a different place at a different time. <laughs> And there's a uh, there's an exercise um, that happens with uh, with victims of trauma, uh, namely soldiers, where they go through um, and write about or talk about the incident that caused them trauma in like very 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 vivid detail. If you can remember like what the like everything, just spill out everything. And it's something, and I'm not like a counselor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a smart person, but the I guess the idea behind this exercise is to to give the per, the victim of trauma some sense of like control, some sort of like con- sense of control over like the horrible thing that happened to them. Um, and uh, some of me wonders if uh, Vietnam, the the just how many Vietnam War movies there are. And how many of them just kind of tackle the same subject matter is uh, people like veterans watching them and like the movie. I don't want to say the movie is doing the work for them, but like it helps people just like kind of relive this this horrible nightmare uh, that was the Vietnam War with a sense of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a it's a thing where. Uh, I totally uh, understand uh, uh, the uh, uh, repeating trauma over and over to relive it and to work from it and to heal from it in something like, uh, you know, Apocalypse Now or Born on the Fourth of July or Platoon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wasn't expecting it in the monkey's head. But but also... uh, I also wasn't expecting to see the same footage of the same execution three times over yeah. <laughs> in my monkey's head movie. And so uh, that was Should just Should have something. been more times. Uh, Shove it in there a couple <laughs> of more times. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, 
in the parody version of the the parody version of the monkeys theme song that exists in this movie is punctuated by the that execution footage. There's like I can't remember like like 20 different little TV screens that fill up the frame that show you the movie that you're going to see. And the very last one is that like that footage. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know. That was just something I was thinking about while watching this movie. To carry on uh, something that Kevin mentioned in a previous episode of this about like audiences using movies for like cinema or like using movies as like sanctuary using movies as like a preacher. Uh, I can't remember that, that thing, that article that you referenced that like there are no like movies used to be, there are no like cultural institutions anymore to like actually tell us the proper way to behave. So we turn to art to tell us how to behave. The problem is that yes, Art has no institutional value. Right. Art is actually not particularly good as, like, a preaching model for life. It actually, like, doesn't work particularly well in that way. At least (laughs) doing it directly. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. That's why Aesop's fables have been around for centuries, and no one learns them. Ever. <laughs> right. It, 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 you you learn as a kid about sour grapes, but it never stops yeah. you from sour graping for the rest of your fucking life. Like, it, it it's all there. And, and again, right, because, you know, not maybe we should have never put any trust in any of these institutions. I'm not arguing for that. But, like, you used to think of your church and your government and your school as, like, pillars for teaching you how to live hell your fucking parents used to think of Mm -hmm. like i'm supposed to take lessons from these people they're supposed to teach me how to live a life and what it is to be a a responsible human in this fucking society and at some point along the way we figured out that they're not good at doing that they're not (laughs) models to follow or like you're not supposed to replicate your parents you're not supposed to do what the fucking church or the government tells you to do and so like what do we have left head i guess like what what do we have left? The dandruff commercial. That's supposed to tell me how to live. Yep. Like, we're humans are looking for someone to tell them what to do. It's why cults are very popular. Well, like, you don't want to listen you, to people, Kevin. Have you seen people? They're fucking crazy. They tell you like a million real. different things and only like 10% of them make sense. And those I'm 10%. People. I wouldn't listen to me. Half of them are contradictory. Right. And yeah, so like I don't know. You're you're teaching like you're trying to use or you're ex- the one that, you know, looking to movies for like resonance, all those things. Of course, those are those are great fulfilling enriching activities. But when you expect movies to be a a lesson of morality and not something you are supposed to bring your own morality to mm-hmm. as a filter, is where things get gummed up. Like, that's what, like, you're, it seems like a lot of people out there these days are trying to bring back the Hayes Code and are trying to be like, <laughs> good guys always win, bad guys always lose, sex is bad. You know, like, it's, it seems like a lot of people are trying to bring those things back into our cinemaplexes, onto the television. And I think it's because there are a lot of lost souls. Yes. And I think yeah. uh, I the monkeys were lost souls when they made this movie. Uh, the monkeys had... Uh, something that is often referred to as the golden handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you are making good money. You have a structured, you know, job which is 
only a tiny, tiny percent of people in any creative field have any kind of like full time structure to back you up. But the problem is you're handcuffed in and you can't fucking leave and you don't really have a say as to what's happening to you. And, you know, so you're just the fucking guy who announces the tonight show for 20 years and you you're trapped. You, I, what are you supposed to do? I, I, you're supposed to turn down that money. I, I will say at least like compared to like any of the like half dozen comedians, we all like seeing them trapped in the hell that is late night TV. Um, the monkeys did at least have the peculiar dissonance of having to act like music produced by other Nick, nameless people like studio musicians whose job whose entire job is to be basically musical ghostwriters who don't have their names on the stuff they do right and then act Mm -hmm. like they did it (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. although i guess you could put that up with like actually late night comedy writers Right, of course. Like, Johnny Carson didn't come up with all those jokes, you know? Like, Stephen Colbert's not writing all that. He's taking what other people have written for him, and he's trying to give it a personal spin and sell it as his own. And I don't know, that's part of this mixed nature of being art. That's part of the golden handcuff kind of situation. And I think just, yeah. Uh, and the monkeys were just in a in a unique situation, I think, yes. where... Um, it, they Also, they knew they were a knockoff. They knew they were the yes. mega blocks to the Beatles Legos. Well, and yeah. it's like, and if you look at their solo careers, like Michael Nesmith, like the 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 moment he could get away from the monkeys, started doing like country western stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> king uh, shit. None of uh, this flower child nonsense. <laughs> no like, way, baby. Mickey Dolan's like he has albums on available to listen to on Spotify, but it's him doing like Broadway standards. It's you know like things like that. Like a they hat. all they all wanted to explore, but uh, it's just uh, and I I. Uh, uh, allegedly there's a couple of monkeys that did not care for each other too much, but also how much of that is they don't care for each other. And how much of it is this like they're frustrated by the situation they're in and they got to take it out on somebody. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Like a band doesn't have to be your four best friends in the whole world. It can be a job. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. These are my coworkers, you know, <laughs> yes. and and I, yeah, Lennon and McCartney weren't best friends, but they were like singularly yeah. like incredible at producing music. The, the Beatles more were so coworkers than more people. than friends. <laughs> exactly right. Like they and I, they were very, you know, obviously they had a bond, but like mm-hmm. that bond gets stretched and it gets turned, and you're working with people all the time, and and we are three creative collaborators, and like. If we were trying to do, you know, our comedy specials year round, like, I think there are times where, like, the three of us could get a little contentious, probably. Yeah. We're three, like, opinionated people, opinionated (laughs) flawed people, and I think, like... Even your three best friends, you know, like, tensions are going to brew. <laughs> Especially if you're frustrated by other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, frustrated by events in your life outside of the art, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. shit's going to happen. I don't know. It's, it's one thing to see your best fr- see, like, good friends multiple times a week. It's another to live with them every day <laughs> for years. There's, who among us has not ruined friendships by moving in with people you know like <laughs> it's it it it's not for everyone like sometimes 
you're, you're there are limits to what two mm-hmm. people can accomplish together. One, I think, too, just like there are some artists that uh, with love like are confectioners. There are art. There are some people that like will be totally happy with doing the same thing forever and ever for as long as they live. Amen. Uh, there are people like total hacks like Mike for uh, Mike Love that like that's all they want to do is like we like don't that 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 live by that creed of like don't fuck with the formula. Yeah. Um. But then there's you know also artists it's called playing in that- Vegas. <laughs> but there's also artists that like they'll do something it will be successful they know it works they got whatever they needed out of it and then they're ready to move on and they want to do something completely different mm-hmm. and some you know just the artists like that and the artists like Mike Love don't always get along you know and I think that uh, I think that with the monkeys uh, I don't know if it was all four of them but there was uh a, a, a big portion of them that saw like, okay, this Beatles thing works. Now let's roam about the cabin. Uh, but they couldn't because as, uh, as Kevin said, the, uh, the golden handcuffs mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and it's just really hard for some people. Like when you're an artist, when you're full of these ideas, when you have uh, all these things to say, but you, you can't, but you're saying something like, Similar, you know what I mean? Like when you're, it, some folks like they're just happy to be doing art for a living, but some folks want to be doing like their art for yes. a living. And there's nothing wrong with like either or, but just like, you know, it's just it, it, it that's where like the sometimes like tension comes from. And uh, I'm these four guys, like it was a big deal amongst monkeys fans whenever Michael Nesmith like stopped wearing the same hat that he always wore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and I'm for, for, uh, for, for Nez, I'm sure it was just like, I'm just taking off my fucking hat. What's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of my head's it. hot. My head's hot. And I'm sure like it started out as that. And then it became this like resentful, like I'm not going to wear the fucking hat now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like move <laughs> for my fucking those are the hat. kind of people who get upset that when they like go to Disney world every year, the one year they go in and Mickey doesn't give them like Mickey's signature is slightly yeah. off. Like, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There yeah. are some people who like cling to like these kind of media personalities for their consistency, and which they defies don't humanity. Think of them as exactly. They don't think of them as people. No, They're, you are the dancing monkey. You are like not a person. You're not a, a living artistic being. You are. The, you are something that is made to entertain me at all times yeah. in exactly the way that I demand to be entertained. You're a problem. And it is a fundamentally, like, dehumanizing experience for for all of this and, mm-hmm. and for all mm-hmm. concerned. And it's, it fucking sucks. And when you're it an sucks artist, shit. it sucks ass. Yeah. And, like, when you're an artist, you're naturally going to grow and change, whether it's because you get bored of the thing that you were doing already or there's something else that interests you and you need to, like be able to have the freedom to go yeah. down those paths and and pursue those avenues mm-hmm. and when you're the monkeys and you fucking can't like that's stifling and there's yeah. always going to be people in your dedicated fan base as an artist who like 
There are people who want you to do the same thing forever. Mm-hmm. There are people who desperately want you to do something else. And mm-hmm. all you can do is just follow your own guiding light. And yeah. it's like, you have to do what's best for you mm-hmm. because someone's always going to be pissed no matter what you do. So just fucking follow your bliss. And if your bliss is, you know, like, listen to the last Beatles album, listen to the first. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're wildly different. Watch season six of your favorite television show and then season one. And you'll be like, this is, this is not the same show. Yep. Because, like, things have to grow and change or they stagnate or they grow stale or mm. they grow old or they get fucking moldy and it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> At a certain mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. Parker and Stone realized they stopped relating to Stan Marsh and started relating to Randy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's now like the one of the best decisions they ever made. Yeah. It's that's uh, that's uh, so true. Like it's just um uh, as you all know, I'm a big dork for Twin Peaks. Uh, and there was uh, a lot of people that did not care for season three. I saw people that were saying, like, this show should at least resemble the show I liked. And I I get where they're coming from, but also, like, it had been 25 years. Yeah, if, if, Twin, Peaks, <laughs> if Twin Peaks didn't look like it knew that inter- internet happened, it would not be a believable <laughs> show. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, I don't know. I think it's um, one of the one of the cool things about uh, being alive is our propensity, our propensity to learn and grow and change. Uh, I am so, 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 so thankful uh, that I don't have the same values and the same morality and the same ideas that I did when I in my 20s or in my teens or anything like that. But also like the difference between my dog is six years old now. And the difference between her now and the difference between her when we first got her is that she takes more naps and that's <laughs> it. She's still like, she still loses her damn mind when she sees another animal. She still loses her mind whenever like anyone opens any kind of food and like, that's fine. Like I still love my dog, but like I, 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 it's, it's it's a good thing that people change. It's a good thing that artists change. It's a good thing that we move on. And and I don't think people like act there's I don't think there's everyone actively seeks out like, all right, I'm ready to change and move on to the next thing. But I I, I don't think people I think there's some people that don't realize like how much they need change and how much they value change until change does occur. Um, and, uh, if, if things stay the same for a long time, it can make you lose your mind. And, uh, I think this, the monkeys were just ready to move on and, uh, ready to do the new thing. But the powers that be that like, just did not want that to happen because they were, they were printing money, you know? It's, it's very apt, Kevin, that you, that for the inaugural episode of the new year, you, picked a movie about artists about demanding to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I picked this fucking movie last month, I didn't know that my own fucking life would get flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> you know, I could, not, yeah. I could not have fucking predicted this, but like the righteous anger of head speaks to me now, <laughs> you know, and even more than it did in December, 2023. You know, like there's an ing- there's an indignation to what's happening here that I am um, that I support and am feeling, 
And, um, I don't know. I've just, I've become very fond of and very acquainted with, like, I love watching an artist waste other people's money. Yes. Making yeah, dude. weird yes. esoteric, the weirdest kind of person on the internet. And I do not say this lightly or lightly is like the person who's like, well, I'm mad because Martin Scorsese wasted $200 million of <laughs> Apple's money. I'm like, why do you care about Apple's money? Yeah. Do, are, do, are you Apple? Are you Tim Apple? Do you, are, are you a stockholder? What do you care how much his movie costs you know. and how much money it made at the theater? Why do you care? I don't care. I don't know what Head did at the fucking 1968 box office. Why should I care about that? The, it's not my fucking money. The only time you should ever talk about another artist's budget is say is by saying, good job getting away with that much. Because <laughs> like, if you're working on a studio level, they will not give you anything. You have to fight yeah, yeah. and scrape to get anything from these people yes billions of dollars of my tax money is currently committing genocide in several different places around the world why do i care if the monkeys yeah. wasted columbia pictures <laughs> I, if what do i care if joe biden was taking money out of my salary towards the monkeys movie i might have something to say about it but he's not <laughs> he's not i just remember like some internet forum some like Used to, now it exists on cable as IFC, and IFC doesn't mean anything. Nope. But there was a time where IFC was the independent film channel, and it would show, like, independent films, like, commercial-free. I remember just, like, having a cable channel that wasn't HBO, that wasn't Showtime, one, wasn't one of the channels that you had to pay extra for, and, like... Seeing Michael Moore's Bowling for Columbine completely commercial free on there. And then like, yeah, that, that station went on to like show things like the reruns of the monkeys with commercials. And uh, I just remember some internet forum uh, of people just like kind of like pining uh, for the way like IFC used to be. And how, you know, how they miss how it used to be and all this thing. And it's like this weird dude in the comments being like, they should be able to want to make money. And it's like, so, so it's, it's, like, it's actually incredible you... to, that like Frank Zappa is in, was in head because today I saw like a clip from a documentary where he was saying, where Frank Zappa was saying that the re that part of the reason why movie that music sucks now is because in the old days, in the sixties, when we were getting experimental stuff. It was coming, it wasn't coming from the hip young men. It was coming from old guys with cigars willing to throw away a little bit of money on a, on a gamble they were willing to lose. Yeah, And yeah. now yes. we have the supposedly hip young people who are willing to only bet everything on gambles they're certain will win. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if you're a hot young filmmaker and you make a hit independent film, like your next step is directing like a Jurassic Park or a Marvel movie or whatever. And like we've yeah, lost you... Richard Kelly, who was willing to make some fucking bullshit with a lot of other people's money. Yeah, <laughs> we've lost the monkeys who were willing to just like bet it all on black, even though they knew it was rigged to hit red. Like they, like they fucking just throwing it away every 
And like no indie filmmakers don't get to make Hudsucker proxies anymore. Like <laughs> Right, if the Coen brothers made Blood Simple, then they would have gone on to make Captain Marvel 2, you know? Like <laughs> the, so they would have gotten the, the live action Black Cauldron. Oh boy. The the Daniels, uh yes. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schneider, uh they they uh someone in some interview they were talking about how like everything everywhere all at once was easier to get made uh than Swiss Army Man and not because like they had some clout but just because everything everywhere all at once was like easier to sell to people willing to put money yes. into it right they're like it's a oh it's a time tr- it's a multiverse it's a verse jumping movie it's an action adventure movie with multiple universes it's an action adventure movie and it's about a family they grow to understand each other you know like it's <laughs> like, actually like a wrinkle in time you know it's yeah. like actually <laughs> yeah it, it's about as like complex as back to the future right it's exactly. like you can kind of explain that whereas it's like well he finds a farting corpse but the farting corpse can talk, and, and the farting corpse kind of teaches him to grow out of his skin, and I don't like, yeah, it's, yeah. And he'll, movie teaching him to move on, right? Teaching him to like have some courage. I don't know, like I don't, it's very. He learns life lessons. They sing Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, it's a very difficult, <laughs> difficult movie to to surmise, especially if you're walking into like a studio boardroom. Like, give yeah, us some yeah. money. Daniel Radcliffe I, you know, signing like, on is the only reason they got any fucking money for that movie oh, yeah. at all. Yes. And, like, you know, and obviously, like, the Daniels are never going to ever have problems ever making a movie ever again. It, it's because, you know, they had a hard time with their farting boner corpus movie. And as you said, like, the only reason that got made is because Daniel Radcliffe signed on it. And, like, there was someone with some money somewhere that was, like... Well, I know at least people will want to see Harry Potter right. again. <laughs> <laughs> people are still licking that bag. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I, I, that's 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 what's keeping half of Broadway floating anymore is people yes, going is in to see Daniel what Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe's doing. Yeah, it's because he's to, in to, like Merrily We Roll Along. Yeah. <laughs> To see things like spam a lot. To see things like where there's a name value on it. And like, I don't know, it's just like. It's good to be surprised. It's good to to see new things. It's good to like, you know. Those it's it's always the uh, it's always the bold swings. But no one's uh, as as time rolls on. Despite there being more and more proof that bold swings do pay off, people are still more and more reluctant to take them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I just don't understand it. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's fear, it's cowardice. It could also sometimes be like, well, they have trouble getting something made that isn't very similar to the thing that they previously made. You know, yes. like mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. this weird thing where we do want something different, but also people are afraid of things that are different. They yes. want the same thing over and over again. Um, and it's it's a very strange, hard mm-hmm. to commodify, hard to dodge around sort of dichotomy of the. They human want animal. more blankets and less blankets at the same time. Yes, he needs more blankets and he needs less blankets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a perfect metaphor. But I don't know. I uh, I as I said, like beyond like hearing like, their top 40 stuff on Oli's radio, uh, uh, with only, like, seeing, like, clips of their show, with only, you know, like, my limited knowledge of the monkeys, uh, I thought Head was fucking great. I really enjoyed it. I'm very glad to hear uh, that. I thought you might. 
my experience and, uh, with the monkeys prior to this movie was from an was entirely an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Good. <laughs> where one of the ants gets a case of punitis. Oh, and boy. she says, boy, I need this like a monkey on my back. And uh, Davy Jones appears. Oh, it's always fucking Davy Jones. Yeah, the most like. Uh, he was the cute the most, one. Like, I, yeah. yeah, no, he's the one who's most willing to like cut the ribbon at the mall. He'll be in the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. He'll open your used car lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll be in the Brady Bunch movie and in the original Brady Bunch. Um, He's the only man who walked in on both that. worlds. <laughs> um, Fire walk with him. <laughs> Fire walk with Davy. He is and, the uh, walker. Yeah. Uh, and I also got to say, while we're here, uh, and uh, I, I, I got to say, like, folks, like, this is my endorsement of the monkey's head. But also I got to say, if it's a... Uh, if if it's something if you watch Monkey's Head and you're interested in it and you're interested in just more weird art from these guys, uh, I gotta recommend Elephant Parts. Uh, it's a special that uh, Michael Nesmith created. Um, it is uh, both comedy and music. Uh, it got turned into a, a short-lived show called Video Ranch. Uh, Michael Nesmith's Video Ranch uh, and Video Ranch featured like writing from Jack Handy before SNL Um, uh, and uh, it's uh, Michael Nesmith was into weird comedy and his weird music Mm. he claims that he invented the music video with elephant parts I don't know if that's true I mean, um, I know people. I, I I know people have tried to credit like Kenneth Anger for creating the music video. I, I think there's a lot of people that are fighting for that title, yeah. and honestly, like who cares? Um, but uh, uh, if if you're interested in weirdo subversive, subversive uh, funny art with the monkeys, uh, I gotta recommend Elephant Parts. Well, I am I'm downloading um, Elephant Parts from Internet Archive at. This very features uh, <laughs> truly like one of my favorite songs, just like ever. Wow. And it was something I was I did not know about until I had seen it. If you see an elephant parts, if you if you see an elephant parts, and then go watch an episode of the monkeys, maybe something like a head makes more sense. Yeah, sure. We were like, sure. oh, okay, like. I can tell that, like, he wanted... There was something else he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can tell... Uh, I could see maybe why uh, the monkeys was not scratching this guy's itch that he had. Um, and uh, it's funny stuff. I love that. Wow. I'm on Michael Nesmith's, like, Spotify, and I would not recognize this man. I would not <laughs> know this man as the same man. He, uh, it, like, the instant the monkeys broke up, like, he started putting on nudie suits. Yeah, he, and he grew a beard. And music. Wow. Grew a beard, just like he was desperate to break out of there. And I don't know. God like, bless him. It's, as, I, as I said, it's good for people to change yeah. and grow. And Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, you know, God love him, Mickey Dolan's been wearing this one hat for... <laughs> 40 years. I, well, okay, but that's because he's a show tune guy, and that's very hard to grow <laughs> out true. of. Oh, like, Mickey Dolan's Puts You to Sleep, the 1991 album. 
He's a theater kid. He yeah, has, where that's all the songs. Thing. Mickey Mickey was a theater guy. Mickey Dolan's was a theater yeah, kid. Yeah, you can't. And that's got like that's a terminal condition. You do, you die. With it really it. is <laughs> terminal. As as a fucking ex theater kid, listen, yeah. you just don't grow out. You're not. You're never. You never fully leave that life behind. Yeah. It's it's just it's who you are. And that's the only fun. way to escape it is jumping, is jumping off, off the bridge. bridge. Jumping <laughs> yeah. off the bridge. We're not advocating for any yeah. of our listeners to jump off yeah. the bridge. I'm not going to. No. Well, no, well, no. Well, we have to I understand. Know. What you have to understand is that normal people, they jump off the bridge. Uh, imaginative, creative people, they're jumping to swim with mermaids. It, it's a completely mm-hmm, different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing. Uh, and I know what I've been sounding like in text messages to my friends recently. I'm not going to jump off the monkey's bridge. I'm not going <laughs> to swim with the mermaids. I promise. No, no, no. It, it, you wouldn't do a bridge. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> we know you. It wouldn't, do, it, it wouldn't be that. I'm opening the door on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting Whee! in the line exhibit. Yeah. I'm just stepping yeah, I'm over the out. rail. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, I'm stepping on the third rail, baby. <laughs> and I just get zapped. And, you see and my now, skeleton. you know, last last episode we played, have yourself a little, uh, a rich little Christmas. <laughs> and now, and now we're gonna play the game where we all try to guess which uh, how each host of this show would unalive them. <laughs> we we're not on YouTube, burn. We can say kill. <laughs> I I was just trying to step lightly. I was yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's I'm sorry, that's actual nineteen eighty four shit. I have no truck with it. Yeah, unalive. Yeah. I, like I get that you literally have to use it on that app. Um I get that, but like when I see people like tweet the words unalive, I'm like it makes me want to unalive myself. <laughs> like I think oh it's uh God. double minus bad. <laughs> That's probably a 1984 joke. Yeah, That's it's a 1984 joke. I've never yeah, read it. Sorry, sorry. Justin's going back in his only Justin I've... jokes hole. Should I crack it open? Should I finally read 1984 just to see I... what everybody's talking about? Boy, if it's, <laughs> it's not if it's this many years after high school, I don't know what you'd get out of it. I never had to read it, and I don't know. I'm like, other people have read it. It's not long. It's you not. Know, it it's not long. I feel like. It has its own problems due to George Orwell's own political proclivities. Yeah, of course. But I think it has interesting stuff in it that's worth checking out. I'm not engaging I, with it because I'm like, this is what today is, no, man. No. <laughs> I I did not read it all the way through. I did start reading it years and years ago, when I was like living in Illinois uh, <sighs> years ago. And this is probably rich coming from me. Uh, when you look at any kind of comedy I've ever done ever, but I put the book down because I th- thought to myself, like, this is the same thing over and over. It, it, it's one. Point. Is this it? <laughs> it is this like the same point being made over and over and over again? Says the guy who was one half of a fifteen-minute sketch about where I say I'm gonna kick your ass a whole bunch, <laughs> like. Like, no, no. like it was, I was just like at a certain point I was just like I get it. And no, I no it okay, the, uh, Kevin. Uh, I will sum up the entirety also, of 1984 for you. It's it 1984 is about a precocious, educated middle class liberal going. Don't the lower classes know they're voting against their self interest? And then he gets thrown in prison good. for asking why. 
why the government is letting the uneducated poor people vote against their self-interest. Sounds good. I don't know. So Neil, I like uh, George Orwell was the original Neil Breen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Those they are his know faithful it's findings. wrong? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I, I um, like to engage with some some classics. I like to go back to classics that we've all kind of accepted and just like kind of try and take them in as yeah. a piece of literature. Every I, yeah, every yeah, October, great. I read a classic like horror novel that spawned a guy. Right? It was like yeah. I read Dracula. I read mm-hmm. Frankenstein. Yeah. I read War of the Worlds. I want... I, I want to see how these things all began. I, yeah. And sometimes I'm very pleasantly surprised. Love Frankenstein. Love War of the Worlds. Loved Great Gatsby when I read that. I think it's just a legitimately great book that people hate because they read it in school. Yeah. And yeah. again, not that long. 1984. No, it's a quick read. You'll, you'll probably get something out of it. Yeah, I will, yeah, whatever. It'll be one of a couple books I read one month. Yeah, you know there what you I mean? go. Who cares? I'll read it after uh, whatever the next Dune book I got over yeah. there is. The CIA did produce an Animal Farm movie, though, which we could talk about it. The some animated point. one? Yeah. The CIA? I didn't know the, the yeah, Central Intelligence yeah, they, like, I think they, like, ran the production company. Are you sure it wasn't, like, Central Interest Animation or something like that? <laughs> I was looking. Creatively I was also looking, inspired like, artists. Okay, I was like, okay, A can stand for animation. Uh, what is it? This I was, is why, I was this is why we're, we're collaborators. Right? You know, it's just I like there's a reason the three it. of us are still together after all these I all can. these years of marriage. <laughs> yep. Despite how much we've all changed. Yeah. The, the but end. the more we change. The I'll, more we stay the same. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that for the first time last year. It's good. You ever see it? Days and yeah. Days? It's Check great. It yeah, it's great. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Check it out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anything else to say about Head? I'm very glad that we took this journey. Vern, I'm glad you loved it. Justin, I'm glad you at least got to engage with it. I'm no, sure. I, here's the thing. I, I, It's a movie for me that I think I liked the sum of its parts more than the whole. I understand that completely. I think it's maybe, like what Andy Warhol always said about his movies, it was like, it's kind of best to, like, discuss them more than sometimes it is to actually watch it as a piece of art but also i love mm-hmm. him the second time i watched this i'm like yeah. i love this this is a five-star it's, picture i, I, think I this genuinely is, uh, mean tremendous. it in that it's a perfect party movie like get a bunch yeah. of people yeah. all like all getting yourself into a mindset <laughs> um whoever however you need to get there <laughs> get there and then just put it on <laughs> and then just have a good time i get that i understand that I, I think you're, I think you're not far off. I also, you know, I, I when I, one of those times I was staying with you, I walked in and you were watching Barbarella with some folks, and I'm like, yeah, kind of, kind of a party movie. You know, yes. it's kind of like a slow moving 1960s sci-fi movie. I, I yeah. get like chatting over it, <laughs> <laughs> but I eat that shit up with a spoon. Yeah, no. After a while, the uh, zero uh, gravity strip. Gets it's a little tiresome. I've been. <laughs> I disagree. Barbarella psychedella. We I, uh, will do that. I on do want to say, uh, <laughs> Kevin, uh, that is a movie not for babies. I don't know. I don't agree. Uh, I do, uh, Kevin. I do want to thank you for uh, uh, picking Head. Um, the Head Head is a movie that like I've truly like wanted to see for over half my life. Yeah. 
But for the longest time, and this is something that uh, I feel like us three and a lot of folks like around our age are kind of like this weird like mid-shift young people where we came in like we all remember a time like before the internet. We were, you know, we have that kind of thing. And head was always something that I was interested in. Um, but it was not something, you know, it's until the internet, it was not as readily available. They didn't have it at and your just, local video store. <laughs> they didn't it's have it at my local video like store. a hard movie to find in a legit capacity. It was streaming on Tubi for a while, but it's not there anymore. There's a copy on YouTube that I have downloaded to my hard drive, of course. But like, <laughs> and you can also buy it. From the Criterion Collection, but only in the Bob Rafelson five film box set, which I am less interested in. Just sell me the head disc. I'll buy it. Just (laughs) sell it to me. And and we probably remember this, and there's probably, like, children that would hear this and be like, what? Really? But, like, do you remember, like, ordering things through mail catalog like a catalog comes in and you like you write in like the item number and you send in a check and like but for the longest time head only existed to me as like black and white text a black and white like this text description of the plot uh and like a mail through catalog where to get the movie on dvd it's like 45 dollars and like and and uh critics are i i don't want i'm this is not me like being like kevin smith and saying like all critics are dodgeball victims but what i am saying is that like when there's some truly subversive different art that gets released Sometimes people don't know how to react to it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of critics that just like wait for the other one to say something first. So they make, yeah, yeah, well, he's, yeah, uh-huh. it's, so, it's so weird. And uh, for the longest time, that was just like a hard sell. It's like $45 on a thing that like critically has been said is like is garbage. And then like, so I'm so thankful for like the internet uh, where you can, where something like this is more readily available Absolutely. Uh, so that I can experience this like thing that I've been looking for, for, for 15, you know, for 15 years or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. And it's just like on uh, YouTube, it's not an excellent like quality, but it's perfectly watchable quality in my opinion. Oh yeah. Like uh, I thought like the cinematography in this thing is gorgeous and I loved the editing totally. and like, sets. Uh, and yeah. the, yeah, the sets, uh, 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 that like that uh, that Davy Jones sequence that you were talking about, where it was cross cutting back and forth between the black and the white and all that stuff, and I don't know. It's like uh, I think it takes a small brain to look at head and be like, and to hyper fixate on like, well, it doesn't make sense, so I don't like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean uh, all four monkeys get to kiss the same girl in the same room? <laughs> and so uh i don't know i i'm thankful for internet making things more readily available because uh i finally got to see this thing i've been wanting to see for a, a long time Absolutely. and it was worth the wait um i think it's i think it's great and i have wanted to talk about it in some capacity for a long time where else but movies for babies um yeah. fits into one of our weird again our weird sort of sub categories that we like to go back to now and again 
Um, I'm very happy, and I'm glad. I'm glad to have shared this with with the both of you. And Thank I, you. I love an excuse to watch or rewatch a movie. So what the fuck else, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Um, but it's not my turn for February. My 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 pick is done. You won't get a pick from me until April, maybe May, if we uh, don't double up in April. But I think the next pick belongs to Vern Tooley? That is me, yeah. I get the next one. And I, I'm here to tell you all, I think I made my selection, uh, but there's uh, a lot of asterisks on it. Mm-hmm. And, I, it was, <laughs> and it was it was hard. It was very difficult for me to, to pick. Uh, uh, if you recall the last time I had a pick, I was like, well, it was between these two movies. Uh, and the one I ended up picking was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Uh, but the other one, I was like, uh, maybe we'll do this one later. And I'm not picking the second one I had because uh, I, I once sat in awkward silence while I heard you guys talk about how stupid it would be for someone to pick Back to the Future. And I go, yeah, yeah, so stupid. Oh, I would want to do it if you want. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. We were exploring movies from our childhood, and I'm like, I love that. It's great. It's a five-star And then you guys are picture. like, who it would is. ever want to talk about Back to the Future? A fucking idiot. That's we not what we said. That's <laughs> not what we fucking say. No, I know. Um, Marty's just a little maybe overexposed, so, but I would yes, talk about a little it overexposed. gladly, joyously uh, if you picked it. But I, I'm not picking Back to the Future. That ship has sailed. It's went to Hill Valley in 1955, and we can't get it back. <laughs> it missed the thunderstorm. Very good. And also, uh, I want to put it out there, uh, folks, that with it being February, and February being like Black History Month, I did, I did want to find something but we're exploring movies that like we kind of grew up with and me being a dumb hick from Southern Illinois, uh, unfortunately I did not have, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, art made by, you know, I, I wasn't exposed to a lot of art made by African Americans. And so, uh, I, 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 I wish I got a month. Uh, I wish I didn't have this month because I would love to represent, uh, in a way that I can't. And I just like, I don't know, like, Sorry to bother you, or the last black man in San Francisco. Like I don't think fits movies for babies criteria. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, I found myself at another crossroads, another trying to pick between two movies, two first movies okay. from a group of weirdos making the jump from the TV screen to the silver screen mm-hmm. to middling results. I was trying to pick one of two, and I think I finally landed on it. My pick, another movie about a group of weirdos making the jump to the big screen. Folks, my pick, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh! Hey! Oh! Let's uh, go! We're all a bunch of comedy dorks. Wow. And I would love to hear what us three have to say about this movie holy grail i have i mean that's a movie i've watched one million times in my life (laughs) none of those in the last 18 years you know what i mean i i stopped watching it because i saw it so many times it stopped being funny and i just like yeah yeah yeah, i I just know it (laughs) 
exactly. I realized wow, as I kept watching it years. that I realized as I was watching it the last time I watched it that I was like, I'm just saying the movie. To the movie. <laughs> I'm not actually watching. It. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I would like with our big movie brains that we've accumulated since we've last seen this thing to to take a look at Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, Boy, this is a real DV- this is a real case where I actually have the DVD and I will oh, have yeah. to blow dust off of it. To, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It. Yeah, before I I don't want to fuck up my uh my D- my DVD player. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put the dusty disc in there. Hell. Yeah, man. So Talk about Talk about taking an excuse to revisit something. Holy oh, man. shit. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Maybe we'll get the other one at some maybe maybe we'll get my other uh, choice later on down the road, but also I'll probably be in a different headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pun intended. Um, and also knowing me, you can probably read between the lines and guess what mo- the other movie was whenever I talk about a group of weirdos jumping from TV in the 1960s to movie in the 1970s. Mm. But for now, we're just going to Grab our coconuts and clop around with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Hot damn. It's only well. a model. <laughs> hey, remember that? Oh, so many classic lines. And we could probably, I'm sure, it might be like a bonus episode. I'm sure we could just we do the just movie, re- us three. We try to recite the movie from memory. From memory. Verbatim. I, think I imagine if you took a transcript close. of us doing the movie and laid it next to the movie, like we would get like a B. Right. It's like, it's like I don't know, like a Mario Party game or something where they draw a line and they take the line away and they're like, now do the line that we just drew. I could get like 80% of the line. <laughs> that is perfect. Yes, that is exactly yeah. what that would be. Yeah, that you, you summed it up perfectly. Well, that'll be, that'll be fucking, I don't know, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited. To this. That'll be, what a good time. What a good time in February. Uh, wonderful. Uh, well, you know, uh, I'm TV's Kevin Lanigan everywhere. Run the Julia's is the other show. But this Woo! is this show. And, uh, Julia Roberts has yet to appear in any of these films, I don't think. Um, but that's, that's me. I don't know. Anything from, anything from the, from the boys? Um, be nice to each other in the year 2024 and beyond. In all the quaint sands and Or my favorite is the Tales from the Crypt Christmas album where the Crypt Keeper sings, Should Old Cadavers Tend to Rot? That's my favorite. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, I think if you're, if you must, uh, you know, do the Crypt Keeper parody album. Yeah, I think you did a pretty good job in that part. <laughs> <laughs>